Technology. Am I right? Mm, technology. Industry. No one gets tired of this, right? Funny voices. <laughs> this isn't funny voice. <laughs> the only voice I have right now. Oh, yeah, that's, that's just Dan's voice. And, you know, this is a Scottish accent, but I, I take offense. <laughs> That's really offensive if you do a fake Scottish accent, James. I, I think there are people out there who will be very upset. I'm, I'm not doing one on a show with an actual Scottish guy, that's for sure. <laughs> I will, because I'm suicidal. <laughs> I might, you know, in other circumstances. A, but... I, I think a Sean Connery, to me, a Sean Connery accent, for example, is always just a very, it's a distinct thing in and of itself that really has nothing to do with a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. Well, you you tell yourself that. Oh, is that you think so? You think I feel like he's got the he's got the like the slight lisp and stuff. Like I think it's a very different. It's yeah, like different I, from your traditional. I just don't think that you'll get away with you know not causing offense by using that. Oh, I'm just doing Sean Connery. Okay, what if you say you're? Right. What if you say you're doing Sean Connery doing a Russian accent? Yeah, right, exactly. Or Sean Connery uh, doing an Irish accent, <laughs> or Spanish, or Egyptian, or, or Spanish. Yes, he's constantly playing. Wait, okay, these people. Yeah, he's, he well, he's not, not even Spanish. Playing. He's Egyptian. That character is yes, Egyptian right. by that's way right. of Spain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, James, how's your American accent? I've never heard it. Uh, that's because I don't do accents. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I want to see you I all trick sound you. the same to me anyway. I'm not disappointed that you didn't ask me on for the 200th episode spectacular. It's, well, I'm assuming uh, it was spectacular. Sp- spooktacular trademark. Spooktacular, yeah. It was very <laughs> scary. The scarier part is that we're back. Uh, we decided we would keep going despite... <laughs> 201. Yeah, despite right, right, other yeah. people's complaints like, why? Why are you still doing this? Uh, What's the point? I feel you should just have like Guy English come on and say two words. And <laughs> Tell it, it's and over leave. and then just leave. Mm, that'll be the end right when we finally get there uh should we talk about actual technology because there's 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 like some stuff there's some stuff you want to let's talk about the german thing yeah i mean there's this the mark german and debbie Wu story about new mac mini and new low-cost macbook and the mac mini is professional uh which i think just means expensive (laughs) that's apple (laughs) code right there we cracked it apparently because it's gonna have like ssds and things or something that will make it more expensive but well here's the yeah here's the question is it bigger is it because i've seen people speculate that maybe if it's like more of a mid-range computer that it may not be like because a lot of us you know jason snell in particular had really been advocating for like the the nuck style like the little tiny computers Mm -hmm. if you're gonna make a mini make it mini whereas this sounds like maybe it's more of just a you know modular computer which is also kind of what they're doing with the Mac Pro. So they well, that's say. what, yeah, that's what you know surprises me. Is this like a stealth Mac Pro announcement, or but, you know, are they the same thing? That's or, so. You know, that would be so weird because of the fact that you've got this, you've got the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro. It's like it's a lot of catering to pros, and I realize pros are a vocal section of the market, but they aren't a huge section of the market. <laughs> I yeah. think pro is just code for, you know, this is expensive. And, you know, if we say pro, <laughs> then people will go, oh, well, you know, it's for professional yeah, users. You haven't been able to get a really cheap, I think Marco pointed this out in a Slack somewhere, that you haven't been able to get like a $500 Mac Mini, like, that has decent specs for a while, right? Like, if you really wanted a Mac Mini that had a reasonable performance, you were talking more like $700 or something. 
Like the five hundred dollar the- model was of yesteryear. When was the last update? Two thousand fourteen. I think because I, I think I have that model. Yeah, I have one that's um, close to that. Um, I bought one as soon as they added whatever it was. Was it USB three or something? When they had the big rev of those, I bought that one. Yeah, it's late um, October two thousand fourteen. So this will be four years probably by the time this rolls out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I use mine as a, a media center, mm-hmm. and I probably don't strain it terribly, you know. But I've never considered playing games or anything like that yeah. on it because you know it, it's. I, and I can't see that you know these will be any different. Um, I don't. I don't understand what the professional thing could mean. I think you it's know, my best guess. Honestly, I feel like is one of the like is like rack mounting these things. Like there are places you know like Mac Mini Colo and stuff like that where there's places. That <laughs> so, just, so really, this is the new Xer. Yeah, exactly. You're telling exactly. Us. It's the new Xer. You know, uh, my Mac Mini, which I also think is around 2014, is pretty good. It got. It got inestimably better when I put an SSD in it as well, um, because it mm. came with just a hard drive, and I did the mod thing where you pull it open, and there's like a bracket for another hard drive, and I put an SSD in, and it just got like the performance was night and day, just in terms of how okay, fast. So you it didn't ran. you didn't pull out the existing drive? No, no, I, I turned it. I did. I think like, you can't, right? You, uh, you probably on the 2014. Could. I don't think you can. I think the 2012 was the last oh, one. Well, could... I should check which one I actually have. Yeah, but you, anyway. I did the one where I put in. I put him. I put a SSD in, and then I basically did a DIY fusion drive. Yeah, um, which works fine. I haven't had any problems with it. Um, and like I said, the speed was way way better. Right. So that'll do it. Yep. Every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that Mac Mini doesn't do particularly well is like 4K displays. I don't have a 4K TV yeah, yet. Um, well, I bought one and returned it. That was a different yeah, I, story. But <laughs> um, I'll retract my point. Mine is a late 2012, not a 2014. So I uh-huh. think it is the easier uh-huh. to mod, slightly easier to mod one. Yeah, I think I think my one. Yeah, is sealed. I think you can get into yeah. it with you know like knives and things, but. Uh, <laughs> I'll we'll have to see if that what they what they do in terms of the, yeah you, knives just like you threaten someone to open just it for very, you. So, yeah I think that's I, I got a, a text for. from CGP Gray yesterday where he was going through the photos from Mike's wedding and said I didn't realize you were armed the whole time because there was a picture of me with my kilt hiked up in a in a saucy fashion and. <laughs> Uh, which I didn't know anyone had taken a photo of, (laughs) but revealing the uh, traditional knife that I had in my sock. Um, And so, yes. Don't um, don't bring a knife to a kilt fight? Is that traditional sock knife? Sock knife. Yeah. Look, it's part of my culture. And as Mm -hmm. I discovered, entirely legal uh, to to carry a knife if you're dressed in a kilt. Oh, well, that's nice. But it's not not legal other ways? Because mm. there's there's a whole load of uh, anti knife uh, le- legislation mm-hmm. over here. We well, um, had some problems. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we managed to we you know bandle the the handguns not to get political because I lo- I know the audience love that, but um, after that you know they then started banning knives of a certain length. But wear a kilt and you're fine. Okay. That works. Got it. Same thing here. <laughs> basically the same um so in addition to the mac mini 
there's the whole weird the weird saga of whatever mysterious laptop that apple may release continues with just a strange vague definition of a like a 13 inch ish macbook with thinner bezels that's the same size but maybe not the same size it's really unclear what's happening here is this a new macbook is this a revamp of a macbook air does it just take the spot in the lineup i i don't know what's happening with this thing it has to be something that takes the lineup takes the space in the lineup of the air because you know just doing taking the air and putting uh a retina screen in it i mean surely they've got something better that they can do with that I, I would consider buying that because i like my air but yeah it's, really uh, unfortunately it's only a 13 inch they're not making an 11 inch so yeah yeah i mean i again th- this was described as low cost but yeah. i think their definition of low cost is under a thousand dollars sure yeah that's well they, they, need to, <laughs> they need to hit that price point and right now they don't have a modern macbook that does right they right. they have the yeah. air and then the macbook starts at like 1300 and they need something or at least they think they need something at that sub one thousand dollar price point yeah i mean i i had a, a friend who was looking at getting a pc laptop and i was sort of just briefly looked at what was available and it's like oh wait you can actually buy laptops really cheaply yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah i mean they are cheap so the, too so yeah yeah no, no they, I mean, they act cheap too yeah yeah, yeah that. they're not equivalent but it's like it there's a lot of people I know that I would recommend a Mac to, but yet you're stuck at that sort of $1,000, £1,000. Excuse uh, me, 999 Sorry. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> people need to be sp- specific with their budget, but yeah. Did you see the, uh, speaking of this costs, uh, NVIDIA announced a whole bunch of graphics cards uh, a day or two ago. Uh, the top-end graphics card is $1,200. <laughs> you know what? I thought you said twelve, and I was really expecting $12,000. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cheap. <laughs> it's all about expectations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, you know, we're never going to see any of these cards no. uh, in a Mac. You can't put uh, them. Well, maybe ever. a Mac Pro. You never know. No, I I think uh, Steve Jobs issued an edict that Nvidia yeah, but was he's dead. So <laughs> yes, but his edicts. Thanks live. for reminding us, Dan. Sorry yeah, to bring you bring down, us, guys. Bring us down. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting if they if they did turn up on this mythical Mac Pro slash Mac Mini slash whatever it is. We only make one computer now. Yes. It's a cube. Uh, it's <laughs> nope, been there, done that. It's black. Bring back, bring back the G4 cube. Bring back the cube. Well, I, I was thinking next cube. You know, go bigger. Mm. Oh, so, oh yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember um, when they used to have the Cray supercomputers that were like a bench you could sit on? Oh yeah, they were great. Yeah, that's oh, why I, I, need. I need a cube that's yeah. like a heated seat yeah. as well. I need a foot. I need a cube that's like a footstool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so in this, I talked to Jason Snell a bit about this on our Six Colors podcast last week, but the the question that arises for me as a result of this is, can they fit all this in one event, or are there multiple events, or are the Macs maybe released via, like, you know, small briefings or something like that? Because MacBooks, a MacBooks, Mac Mini, iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, that's a hell of a lot of stuff. That's too much. Yeah, I think that's that's too much for one event. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I would think they would split them, split the Mac stuff out, or just do a press release. Well, version. it depends how big the thing is. Yeah, right? like but if, it, if they're announcing whole new form factors, I would think, I would that think they would they have want to do, do something. Event. Yeah, I mean, yeah, either they've done two well, events before. It's but been, they've done, yeah, they've done that before. But they've done the you know fly everybody to the other side of the country you know to go visit a school and see something right. type event that, that, as well. And well so, so and here's the thing, right? Like, and, and Jason brought this up. Now that they have, they used to not. They have a variety of venues they use, right? Now they've got the Steve Jobs Theater, which fits like a thousand people. Does everything merit the level of a Steve Jobs Theater event? Like, sure, if you're going to announce a new iPhone, new iPads, and Apple Watch, like that seems like a big event. Do you then call everybody back to your like huge ass theater a month later for like a couple Mac releases, or, or do you do it somewhere else? But why do you do it somewhere else if you have a venue on your site? Like, it seems. On, on the one hand, it's helpful for them to have their own venue. On the other hand, it kind of hems them in a little bit because what do they do with events that don't necessarily rise to the level of we need to invite a thousand press people to this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the if this was like the, the actual new Mac Pro, I think they would, and they would, you know, have their professionals that they have on site or whatever it is. And then they invite and... the 20 people that are actually interested in buying a Mac Pro. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but I mean, for the the Mac Mini, and I mean, the low cost MacBook. Are we out of the sort of buying period for schools and stuff? I think it's too late yeah, for well, that. Yeah, it's past yeah, back it school. But I, yeah. so, you hit holiday a little bit, but I think MacBooks are probably less of a holiday item than iPhones and iPads. Yeah, so I mean, I can see all the the all the stuff that Apple actually cares about going into the iOS uh, announcement or the phone announcement. But I can't see them doing the Macs unless no, it's agree. a press release afterwards. Oh, I agree. I think, or maybe they have them on display. You know, no, in, no, in, they're not going to do that. They're so <laughs> all right. September event, which is probably people are saying aiming at like the twelfth, which seems pretty plausible. Yeah. iPhones, iPads, Apple Watch recap on iOS twelve and Mojave, and that's it. That's my money. I'm putting my money down on that because I think that's that is a fairly succinct. You can do that in a couple hours. Um, I'm saying no recap of Mojave. Yeah, I think no recap of Mojave too. If they're going to do the Mac thing, yeah, well, all right, okay, they'll, they'll do that. I think don't. I think leave Mojave out of it. Well, but... so I wonder. In the past, they've released them around the same time. Although I guess yeah, they have right. done the Mac stuff a little bit, like a week or two the, later they, sometimes. They tend to space out the at least the OS releases right, of the Mac right. stuff a little bit, which is nice. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think it's very possible that this is not coming before the end of the year. <laughs> you think what's not coming before the end of the year? The Mac stuff is not coming before the end of the year. Really? The iPhone stuff has to come, but I... I the, well, the, uh, I, it seems like there's often there's often a bunch of rumors like, you know, I mean, well, <laughs> as someone who owns an SE, there's always a lot of rumors that don't pan out. <laughs> sure. But the... the <laughs> so... I don't know. It's a smoke and fire thing right now where it seems to me like I, I yeah. think there's enough stuff going about the mac right now that it mm-hmm. seems more likely to happen this year i'm saying it's possible yeah I yeah guess. i mean that it would get pushed have they normally done like ipads later in the year sort of you know uh around what used to be the the ipod uh time frame when mm-hmm. they did those kind of things have they done the ipads at the same time as the phones Yes, Hopefully. I think they have. Yeah. Um, well, it was weird. Yeah. Like last, done year both, was w- last year was at WWDC. I, I don't think the iPads are on as strict a schedule as the iPhone. Right. I think they move around mm. a little bit. No, more. they're definitely not, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that's one of the joys of doing, like, development for iOS 12, which I'm right in the middle of doing, um, 
it's the last minute thing because like when you get the uh ios uh, or the iphone announcement that day usually we get the final sdk mm-hmm. and it's like submit now and you have a chance of being there on day one right. which is you know what you want to do but it's always those, these last minute things that cause problems so like if they introduce new ipads that have got a notch or new watch form factors or right. things like that i mean that that is usually the the oh dear i need to like spend two weeks doing this but i have 24 hours uh it's like 3d touch was one of those that was a complete announcement and then oh here's some new apis that you have to adopt and you have a you have like three days the clock is ticking and it's only yeah. going to be on a handful of phones and <laughs> yeah and not anything um, else so, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if they didn't do new iPads or things, but I can see them rolling all that, especially watches. Um, I mean, I don't... Have we heard anything on watches? I there's mean, there seems to be some... Yeah, there's, rumor there's about, about, like, a more edge-to-edge screen uh, and a slightly smaller the, form factor. There was the Russian... Like, they, they had to uh, submit details to some you know, Russian encryption regulation website. There was, this, there was an Apple Insider story saying that there were six models had been submitted down from the eight or something they did last time. Um, but yeah, so I think watches are going to come. I would like iPads to be spaced out a bit so that if they add something completely new, I can actually uh, adopt it. Uh, but nah, I think Max will be either a month later or uh just press released yeah i don't Mm. know about the press release versus event thing i would think if they're if they really are like john was saying if if you got new form factors and substantial updates i think you'd want to do a small event at least they would have to yeah Um, but But, for the macbook yes but nobody cares about the mac but if you're gonna do it for the macbook you're not gonna just do an event and show up and be like here's a new macbook well 20 minutes you're out (laughs) right you might as well put the mac mini in there no, no, you do the MacBook and then you press release the Mac Mini after it because, <laughs> because that's how much everybody you care. hates the Mac Mini. No, the Mac Mini's lovely. I have people should, I, there should I be love, more love for the Mac Mini. We should encourage I love the Mac Mini. I want, I want another one. Uh, I I've bought like I think all of them. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it is a pro. That's why we can't. We that's why we can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> It does seem like it's, yeah, it's a very weird, like, it, it is, I think it is used in cert, in a lot of circumstances as, like, or pro, I bet there's some businesses that use it as, like, oh, we have to get a Mac and we're just going to get one of these things. Sure. Um, and then there's people who, who can't afford too much and have a monitor and keyboard and mouse lying around, so they grab one. Um, but then I do think, yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of people who are, oh, and then I guess the other thing is is the media server thing. And yeah. then, and then professionals who. I don't think yeah, I mean, most people have media servers either, right? Like, that's a fairly quote-unquote pro usage right like yeah kind of yeah i think most people use their tv pro, as their it's kind of a pro right? home home theater person as opposed to a pro sure. like, developer yeah i think i think most consumers probably get by with an apple tv not really knowing what they need like mm-hmm. a media server for right like it's a lot cheaper right. too so yeah yeah so you think that's their definition of professionals it's going to be no i'm just cinema, saying that it's a weird people? that it's a I, weird I, conglomeration of of people who buy the mini I was just thinking the mini, you know, it's now going to have like a little projector on the top, you know, so you just, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I don't um, want that. <laughs> I I mean, I would like a new uh, Mac mini. The thing that gets me is professional usually means 
high-end graphics card. And I mm-hmm. can't see these having anything other you than can't the sort put of a in- high-end graphic card in a thing that small. Yeah. No. Well, we do- as right. we said, we don't know what size it is. This could be the you know the black next cube size <laughs> Mac Mini, but I I mean I suspect it'll just be the Intel built-in graphics, which isn't you know isn't particularly professional. Although I guess they do put that in the low-end uh, Mac, and, and, and it works well. for most stuff. I mean, you're not going to be doing 3D rendering on it probably, but like a lot of your yeah. daily usage is fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a big look. All right, all right. Hold on for a second because we we're talking about media here, uh, and uh, media is important. We all have all our collections of videos, but we also have our collections of like home videos and stuff. You know, things that we've taken. And if you're anything like me, uh, you probably have drawers of old videotapes and photos that are just collecting dust. Well, good news. Legacy Box, the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos, is here to help. I got one of these legacy boxes. I know John and Lex did as well. Uh, and it's really, uh, it's a really nice experience. It's a really good process. They send you a big box uh, and they give you a bunch of these stickers and you slap them on like you're, okay, here's my videotapes. Here's my film reels. Here's my cassette tapes. Uh, here's my photos and my slides. And you just throw them all in the box. You send it back. They give you a shipping label and everything. And then, like, a week or two later, I got, like, a link. It's like, oh, here's all your videos. You can just go download them on the internet. And I was like, this is this is amazing. I mean, it's the process could not be easier. Fill your legacy box with old home movies and pictures. They'll do the rest, digitizing your moments onto a thumb drive, the cloud, or a DVD in a few weeks. It's like magic. And they keep you informed at every step of the process. Look, there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your own home movies, film reels, and photos um honestly for me all these things like i just found uh one of the things i got back was a uh a an eight millimeter film that my parents had taken of like my first or second birthday party with like my grandparents in it and my grandparents are all long dead at this point so it was really cool to be able to actually see that uh they just kept throwing the like uh they took me on the lawn they were just throwing balls and making me retrieve them because apparently when you're two (laughs) that's what you do Uh, but it was cool i'd never seen they didn't have a dog dog, but i didn't like we didn't have you know an eight millimeter film projector that worked so i have i had never seen this footage so that was really amazing that's cool yeah and that's actually yeah because i still have the box and i haven't sent the stuff back yet because i was paused by thinking about well i think my mom and dad still have a bunch of reel to reel yes videotapes and and i was like should i do that at this point too yeah, frankly, I mean, there's a lot of places that'll do photos and you can scan photos even at your own home, but like doing eight millimeter film or VHS tapes and they take like, I, I had like one of them was like a VHSC, those little old camcorder tapes that you used mm-hmm. to use. And like, yeah. where, where are you going to find a place that does that these days? Well, the good news is Legacy Box does. Uh, visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus for a limited time, they're offering our listeners a huge exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash rebound to get 40% off your first order. With this exclusive deal, Legacy Box starts at just $45 or save up to $200 on the largest Legacy Box kit. That's LegacyBox.com slash rebound to save 40%. Start with just a few tapes or, hey, digitize your entire collection. Visit LegacyBox.com slash rebound. Enter my code rebound to save 40% on your Legacy Box today. Get started preserving your past because, hey, these things, they don't last forever. You, know, you want to put them in a format that you'll be able to access them in. So our thanks to Legacy Box for sponsoring the rebound. I sent you guys, a, we were talking about sizes of um, graphic cards, and um, I sent you a, a link to a, a tweet about someone who was reviewing the uh, Blackmagic GE GPU. So it's one of these uh, external 
graphics cards things and um it's um it's Big, bigger than a larger than the, than the current <laughs> mac pro <laughs> sure sure why not <laughs> i don't know those things are always a little ridiculous but they're not i'm not the market for that even remotely no me either but you're are you not um you're not mining bitcoin uh you know i am but i do it the old-fashioned way i go to a quarry i got a pickaxe <laughs> you crank <laughs> yeah that's right that's right that's what i do got a hand crank uh i seeing a story that just came up a moment ago at mac rumors that apple removes 14 watch bands from its website uh and others are sold out so new watch bands probably coming in september oh boy I, um, as long as they don't have different connectors. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are they changing the connector? I doubt it. I doubt it. I think I doubt it too. Really I would try to think they Yeah, but if the new watches are a different, you know, sh- Yeah, but you can like, keep the, the, the same rumble. thing. They're not yes, like going to be wildly different is my opinion. I think they're going to yeah. be a little thinner and a little sleeker, but I think it's going to well, be the same square shape. And it seems like the screen's going to be a little bit right. bigger. The, the bezels, the bezel will be smaller. Right. Exactly. There was some talk of edge now. to edge and like curved uh curved screen like the iphone x 10 whatever it's called um <laughs> well, i've got a funny story about that actually i was talking to somebody to um a couple like last week who is not a tech person and they like they looked at me and they're like all right so is it do you, do you say iphone x or iphone 10 i'm like it's iphone 10 they're like yeah but i like saying iphone x it's like uh i can't stop you <laughs> like there's no way of doing it and they're like yeah i i don't think people should be able to tell you how to pronounce the product you can say whatever you want i was like well yeah. for years I, people called the ipod touch the eye touch and i'm sure like there's just a vein popping out of steve jobs's forehead constantly mm-hmm. at that point although i think yeah. i feel like there was a clip somewhere where somebody some apple executive screwed up and called it an eye touch <laughs> oh man I, I i had an email only today talking about the iWatch. so <laughs> yeah see yeah <laughs> That's, yeah, I've seen that in print. Good. I still see that in print from time to time. And uh, yeah, and I was in a bar last night where some the guy at the table next to us was was talking loudly and said something about the eye store. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe I you think need glasses. Strangle him. Maybe you needed glasses. I, I think the thing, <laughs> you, the you know, with eye <laughs> touch and uh, iPod touch and all that, that's one thing. But if you literally write down the product name as, you know, iPhone X, then I don't think you can be upset that people call it that. I mean, people call you know Mac OS are, X. You know who's Mac pissed, OS X. You know who's pissed about that? The Romans. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. They're so angry. <laughs> I've been using like the standard like um, gray cloth one, I guess. And just just last week, I noticed that the little um, God. There's probably like really fancy watch terms for this that a bunch of watch people can be like, "Oh my mm-hmm. God, I, did, I can't believe you didn't know that." But the little band that slides over it, right? Like the little loop. Um, oh, yeah, that yeah, keeps yeah. it tucked in is just starting to fray on this one um so and it's also pretty the fenselheimer sure yeah yeah the fenselheimer um and and because it's also really grimy i noticed because uh uh jason snell had an extra one of the same type and he gave it to me at some point i was like oh great i'll have a spare just in case and i compared the colors and i was like oh mine is really <laughs> really gross isn't it <laughs> I have the the same band, probably not the same color, but I did notice that it, it was getting quite grimy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they wash quite well. Oh, okay. I also managed to wash my Apple Watch, not deliberately, but it ended up in the washing machine for a full cycle and then in the tumble dryer. Um, in the tumble dryer seems like possibly worse. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, it. The thing was, it was a. It was my best day of exercise in like four years. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> but like a lot. It, for that. 
but it did uh survive entirely but the band came out really clean so after that i realized oh i can actually just sort of you know bit of washing up liquid or whatever mm-hmm. all that grime comes off yeah i yeah. Uh, i felt bad but, or like i noticed i gotta do something like that with mine because i took it off after um We've been doing. We were on vacation last week, and we were like biking and hiking and stuff like that. And so every day, I put like you know, put the sunscreen on and the bug spray on, all this. And I took off the Apple Watch at one point and noticed there's like sunscreen in between, you know, the um, the heart rate sensor in the case, sort of just in like the little <laughs> crack. I was like, I was like trying to get it out, and I was like, oh, this is not coming out. And so I've got to basically, I should, I, I'll take your advice, James. I'll throw it in the watch. <laughs> <laughs> Seems, yeah, seems I safe. don't want the class seems action safe. lawsuit. Well, James Thompson I told yeah, I mean, me. I would assume there there are different rules for different bands, um, depending probably. on the fabric, obviously. Um, yeah, because I get I get mostly these nylon bands, and so you can just dunk those right on the wall. Right. Sure. Yeah. I I, I I've used that. I kind of wanted to get one of the ones that's got like the uh, the sport loop. I think they call it, which is like the soft one that Velcro's. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. That looked nice, but I'll see what comes out this time. I don't really go in for buying. Lots of watch bands. I have this one, and I have like the standard black rubber one that came with it. And I switch to that usually if I'm like going to the gym or something. But that's about yeah, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also if the watch bands didn't cost like fifty dollars right. each yeah. or whatever, that you know, I'd buy more of them. Well, I mean, and you can um, well, buy, I buy a lot of knockoffs. <laughs> yeah. <that's> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I do as well, but <laughs> I mean, but you I, should I'm get glad a good knockoff for like fourteen bucks. And it'll last you, you know, six months and fall apart. But uh, yeah, well, you get but this one—I one, mean, I had the one I'm wearing right now is is nylon, and it's um, it was like twenty five or something like that, I think. And um, and I've been wearing it for a long time. So I mean, it depends on. I think if you go if you go up a little bit, you can still you can still pay less than what Apple charges and get a decent band. I think. Mm. So we're into the pro knockoff. Uh, exactly. Yes, you got to move <laughs> up. You got to get a pro band, guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's really. Big. It's got um, you know, it's got extra ports. <laughs> and a faster and a faster so we're going to talk about mastodon for the next hour oh we i guess we should talk about mastodon mm-hmm. yeah because we've all switched let's talk about mastodon i've been waiting I, I need someone to explain it again even though i'm on it <laughs> so let, let's start with the federation yeah. no, don't start with that part. no oh, so here's the the best combination i've thought of sort of like if you want if i was pitching this as a book i'd be like it's like twitter meets email which sounds terrible but it is kind yeah. of how it's, it works. <laughs> it's got all the convenience of no wait <laughs> of email. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the modernity of email and all the really hateful posts of Twitter. No, it doesn't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so I mean, I I just like when it was starting to take off. Like, I mean, there will be people grumbling and saying, "Oh, it took off two years ago or whatever." But you know, it was like about last week when mm-hmm. people that we've actually heard of started joining, and. I I signed up on the the mastodon dot social thing and mm-hmm. you know, it seemed fairly straightforward, uh, and then I didn't really think about it. And then everybody's like, "Oh no, I've joined the wrong instance, and I've got to right. switch this." Well, and I've so, got to- so for people who don't know, that's that's probably the biggest difference between Twitter and Mastodon. There, it's first of all, it's open source, um, but so you can anybody can ins- can create their own Mastodon instance, and you have to run it on the server someplace. 
but you can and people can follow people from different instances but then they they have different timelines so there's your home timeline and that just shows you who you follow and then there's this federated timeline which shows everybody on your instance and the people that they follow right, right? so yeah. so why why is it all uh escort adverts on my <laughs> federated instance well, I, I well are you, you know. are you still on mastodon.social i am yeah, yeah I haven't that's because to somebody any- there is following <laughs> <laughs> those, well, I don't, so that was open for a while. See, that's the problem. So I think the federated timeline is, is completely useless if you're on like a large yes. server yes. because it quickly well, gets out of hand. There used to be a Twitter thing for that too, I, as I recall, way back in the day. Like I think very early on, yeah, there was, there was a the sort of fire hose. Fire hose. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They had like a yeah everything, but right? they quickly and realized then, that you can't. This the scale is impossible. Right. I, I mean, right. That, that's but my main on a small server. It's not. Right. Agreed. It's gr- it's actually pretty good on a small. I mean, so like uh, Jason set up a server that a few of us are on and um, and that was the first time I looked at the federated timeline and was like, oh, OK, now I get it. Because if you're on a server that only has, you know, up to 20 people or something like that, or at least, you know, less than a thousand, certainly you're going to get a much better experience and you're going to be able to see the people that the people you're with follow well, and see, possibly me, pick up some some stuff here's that you my worry otherwise. about that i have two things one I, as i mentioned i think when we were talking about this briefly i do wish it would give me some indication of why that person shows up like who is following yeah. them or something <laughs> i said i said i didn't i want know that you said you want i don't that. want people knowing i want, I I want to know who john follows <laughs> uh, i don't want people blaming me for <laughs> but the other thing is that i wonder how quickly that will become unmanageable because yeah we all know people on twitter who follow like two thousand people and True. it's like if that starts happening here then the federated timeline is just gonna go to shit because Agreed. you can't if, if you have 20 people who are all following a couple hundred people Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a mess. And it's yeah, like, why I, mean, I didn't I, sign up to follow those people. Granted, you don't have to look at it, right? Like, it's an option. And then at the same time, I like the idea of the local timeline, which just shows you who's on that instance. But because we use, when you use a really small instance, I'm probably going to follow everybody who's on the instance. So I'm probably going to see all of that already in my home timeline as it is. Yeah, so I don't, though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's my worry is the scaling of all this stuff because, like, the Mastodon social thing shut down uh uh people joining because it, it got to 200 and something thousand people on it mm-hmm. and you could tell the server was starting to creak a bit right and mm-hmm. uh so they're not uh, i think they might be accepting new people now but uh they were saying oh you should go somewhere else and i don't know it's the it's nice at this point, you know, like I'm following a few hundred people and they're generally people that I, you know, have either met in real life or I know reasonably well. Uh, and it all feels sort of nice and kind of, you know, as people keep saying, oh, this feels like what Twitter used to feel like. Right. Um, I, but then, you know, if everybody starts moving over to this... You it's know, quickly going to deteriorate. The, well, yeah. and I well, I think that I think you could lo- you could easily lose the federated timeline. Yeah, sure. Um, I yeah. agree. I mean, but so here I, I don't mean, think you I, need it. I don't think you need. Here's the, the thing. Timeline. What's interesting to me is because so it's de- Mastodon's decentralized nature is a two edged sword, right? On the one hand, it's great because there's no authority essentially telling you this is how it goes. But what I wonder is the downside of that is a you end up with more silos and pockets and the kind of the federation is an attempt <laughs> the, the federation is an attempt to uh 
to sort of get rid of that because you kind of link in with the larger network. But I, I agree with you guys, it gets a little messy. And so what I'm also curious about is, you know, even though Mastodon's not run by a central authority, there is the guy who develops it. And what's curious to me, what I want to know is if they change stuff about it, will that filter out? If they decide, okay, you know what? The Federated timeline is pretty much useless in most cases. We're going to eliminate that, eliminate that or change it in some way. Does that automatically distribute to all the Mastodon instances or will you have to like update your instance to take advantage of it? I think, you, I think it? you have to update. Which is, yeah. that gets yeah. super weird because now you have like potential incompatibilities mm-hmm. between different versions and like that seems to me right. is the biggest, the biggest concern with this would be if it tries to scale and then it fractures. At right. which yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, if it's like, uh, we were comparing it to email, right? You know, if everybody's running different servers, but the protocol is changing every other month, yeah, right, yeah. You know, that's yeah. going to be fairly unworkable. It's yeah, it could come, it could easily come crashing down on itself. On the other hand, it, what was <laughs> Twitter was not working either <laughs> as someone has left. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't feel like. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not, it hasn't solved every problem, but I, I mean, at least for now it's better and maybe someday I'll end up leaving this. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, it has so many problems, but it says a lot that I'm still, you know, trying to sort of, uh, use it and yeah. things. The crazy Twitter... thing is I have seen very little content about politics, whereas I used to, I used to not be able to escape it. I've seen a lot of content about Mastodon though. So. Yes, it's like mostly people's first tweet is generally something about Mastodon and then the next 20 tweets as well. Yeah, Um, I think what's holding it back for me right now is um, I've been using a little bit, but the third party client scene is still a little limited. Like the the iOS seems to be the best for like at least a few options. There's nothing on the Mac. Exclamation mark is the the best app. Oh, is it? I've been using Amarok. Oh, it's It's great. No, I think, no, you want to. I used Amarok and I used Toot. Toot seems to have more sort of like you tap on something and it says, oh, I haven't written this yet. But (laughs) it's got a few uh, things that are missing. Well, like, yes, yeah, I've used Tap on your settings. You can't adjust your settings in the. Is app Toot itself, the one that's still in beta? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an beta. open beta. It's an open beta. You can go to a, a, a yeah. site and you'll get a test flight. And the, and but the animations are the animations are delightful. Yeah, the animations are nice. Um, there's 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 another one I'm trying to remember the name of, but yeah, there's no Toot real done, Mac. Toot done and Amarack are the other two that I've yeah. tried. Yeah, the one thing that I find interesting is that all the uh twitter developers like twitter client developers i follow have all turned up on mastodon mm-hmm. and you know given the sort of the perfect synergy of uh twitter completely kneecapping all their apps right you know i right. think that might drive like maybe the twitterific or tweetbot people to at least look at it mm. i i saw some tweets from i think the there was a sort of Proof of concept from uh, uh, I think it was Sean uh, Haber. Yes, yeah. Uh, he he had put like something saying this is not a promise that we're actually going to do anything, but you know well, it was something. I, I sure they want to. I mean, those of us who remember App.net will remember that there was a Tweetbot clone for it called mm-hmm. Netbot yes. that right. basically just changed the underlying networking right. right and it was basically exactly the same and hey i would easily take a tweet bot for mastodon especially if they can bring back the features that twitter essentially made them get rid of that would be all over that but yeah. uh, i think that yeah. they probably are not eager to start working on another project for a service that is not yet fully proven 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, indie but developers they've got all that code, so right, yes. you know. So I mean, it's got to do something nice with it. I think you're going to see it more from these smaller indie developers right now, who are people like. I mean, there's there's also a big opportunity there too, right? Because if you're the first mover on something that does end up being a big platform then you know that could be really good for you but you know if you already have a company where you're required to like you know we need to like feed a bunch of engineers and their families like mm, that's know. probably less of a uh a, a risk you want to take yeah i mean i i i'm still uh skeptical that it's gonna reach critical mass but um about a Something like a tenth of the people that follow me on Twitter have already followed me on Mastodon. So, you know, it's kind of, that's a lot quicker than I expected. And, yeah, you know, I, but most people I think are, are still using Twitter. It's like, you know, if I had something important to post, you know, I'd probably post it to Twitter. Yeah, that's the thing. And for me, um, especially because I can't. Well, John's at the other end of the spectrum for me, but like, I I don't think I'm going to amass as much of a following on Mastodon probably as I have on Twitter. And I got a book to sell guys like, (laughs) yeah, I've got an app to sell and and it's like, I mean, I will sort of, you know, I'm a bad businessman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm continuing to try it. And, you know, it, it's a pleasant thing to open up the app and read through the tweets and reply to a few of them. And you can usually catch up in about sort of 15 minutes because you know, oh, there's I, not that many I'm only people. following like 20 people, so I can get up way faster than that. That's the th- yeah, yeah okay. that's the thing. And I, I feel like maybe that was kind of something that I needed. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I had too many people who some people who I felt I couldn't unfollow um, and people who I just followed because I had followed them for years. and and. Uh, it was it was becoming there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> more po- of a burden than there's it politics probably should have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't think that just by changing the 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 website that we're all talking to, it's going to improve humanity in any noticeable right. fashion. Certainly not. Um, so, I mean, I like the idea of this that they can sort of you know if there's a an instance full of undesirables, it can be sort of blocked as yeah. one. You can block but, the entire instance, right? right? But I, I just, you know, what are they going to do with something like uh, the Mastodon.social if that fills up with undesirables? They do you know, have are we be- some sort of, um, like, moderation ability, but it's so if, I guess, maybe you can do something about that. Yeah. But there was, there, and there was a, um, someone was posting, like, a, a reaction from the guy who is the developer who runs Mastodon.social and, and his reaction to, I mean, he had banished somebody and someone was like was was throwing the first amendment thing at him and he was just <laughs> very very dismissive of it like you know like i run this and it doesn't you know this is not <laughs> yeah not i mean the way it, that should works. Al- it should also be said there was a story going around from somebody who had worked like just sort of dabbling in some of the open source stuff and they had had a pretty bad experience with mm-hmm. the main developer yes um, yeah so there's and- there's there's a couple of different <laughs> So I, I mean, I you know the nothing's perfect, but I'll I'll, cons- I'll keep going with it. See, nothing's see. perfect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what we'd like to leave you with today. Yeah, <laughs> and every day, really. <laughs> 
As technology becomes more pervasive, the way modern businesses target consumers is expanding and becoming more controversial. From Facebook's data collection practices to the rise of on-demand streaming services like Netflix, modern marketers are leveraging technology to disrupt billion-dollar industries. The MarTech podcast tells the stories, strategies, and secrets of how modern marketers use technology to drive business growth. Learn how modern businesses grow by searching for MarTech, that's M-A-R-T-E-C-H, in your podcast app or by visiting martechpod.com, the MarTech podcast, where innovative marketers share the secrets of fast-growing companies. And I did not do the general MarTech voice. MarTech. I don't have a general MarTech voice. I, I think I just did a generic sort of... Uh... Klingon. I'm a Klingon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As offensive as your Scottish uh, accents. <laughs> to so, Klingons, it's definitely yes, more so, as offensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you all just sound gruff. 